You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And welcome to another edition of Business in Black. This is your host, Anita Harris, where we talk weekly about all things business, everything starting, running, growing, building your business for success. And this week, we are joined by Miss Tyranny T.J. Johnson out of Dallas, Texas, uh, and her company is the ELO Group. And I'm going to let her introduce herself for a second. So, T.J., I know her as T.J. You guys can call her Miss Tyranny. But um, go ahead and introduce yourself for me. Hello, my name is Tierney Johnson. I am the CEO, founder of the Eli Group LLC, a nonprofit um, consulting um, and PR boutique. Um, we specialize from A to Z in nonprofit, from setting your nonprofit up, your um, fundraising, um, event planning, and making sure that you are getting the best um, out of having a nonprofit, as well as managing PR and branding for athletes um, and celebrities um, and also small businesses. Uh, yeah, and I think that's how you and I met, right, with Nonprofit um, for Athletes uh, back in Dallas, Texas, when I was living there. And uh, we worked um, together with many of them. She has a, a expansive list of uh, athletes that she works with, everything from um, nonprofits with, I think, diabetes, or she does work with diabetes. She does all different kinds of work. I won't even try to remember half of it. But um, so today, <laughs> today has been a long time, but today um, I wanted to bring her on because I have so many people asking me about the structure of their organization and why they should choose certain ones or they've chosen certain ones. And I'm starting to ask them, well, why did you choose that structure? Why did you choose a nonprofit structure? And they really don't know. And that's bothering to me that they have no clue. Nobody has educated them on what the benefit is to have a nonprofit. So before we even started the show, uh, Ms. Tierney was giving me some uh, new updated information because I've been out of the nonprofit sector. I'm actually back in it now, but I've been out of the nonprofit sector for some time and uh, some new enlightenments that she can share with us. Um, so if you are looking into starting a business structure and potentially thinking about um, a nonprofit Tyranny is definitely the person that you want to talk to. Um, and later we'll get her information so that you can um, reach out to her. You can email her. She does do consulting. She does from all the way from A to Z um, to help your business, uh, your nonprofit business, if that's the structure that's the best for you that you choose to thrive and grow and do what it needs to do, which is help people which every business technically does, but nonprofits for the layman terms of it is uh, about pursuing um, basically a common goal um, in social work, I would say. The biggest difference between a regular corporation and a nonprofit corporation is the the way the funds are allocated at the end of the year. There are no dividends paid out to the, the investors or to the stockholders or anything like that. All of that money gets dumped back into the nonprofit for usage. Is that the best way to explain that? Yes. Okay. So um, I still remember some things. <laughs> um, so um, 
basically uh, say that again. I say, and your tax exempt. Yes, and your tax exempt. That's the biggest draw, I think, is for most people, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Most people are looking to um, have that big write-off. And then also grants would be the other side to that. People think that, oh, because I start a nonprofit, I'm able to get more grant money um, and have funding for my business because they don't know how to fund it any other way. And let me tell you, it ain't easy at all. It's still a business. It is still a business. So um, tell us a little bit about some of the nonprofits that you work with. Well, I work with the, um, from the large nonprofits, the smaller ones, more ones that you would know of the Lupus Foundation of America. I have the Dallas chapter, um, which uh, manages, oversees 200 counties in Texas. Wow. The American Diabetes Association, I have a partnership with my um, event um, that I created, um, Balling Against Diabetes. Um, where every year we have a, a celebrity basketball game. And the celebrity basketball game is fun. It's actually um, hosted by um, rap artist Lil Boosie, who actually has diabetes. Mm. And so, um, and right now we're trying to reach the urban community, and he is the best person, um, you know, to lead that task and reach in the urban community to get them more aware of diabetes. Actually, this is National Diabetes Month. Um, November is. Okay. We'll be making some announcements later on in the month. Um, I also work, uh, we have Aubrey's Angels, which is a childhood cancer uh, nonprofit organization. Um, founded on a young lady, Aubrey, who was four years old when she succumbed to uh, rhabdomyosarcoma um, mm-hmm. at the age of four. Mm-hmm. Um, that cancer only occurs when 3% of the children in the world. Wow, very um, rare. Very rare. It's wow. actually percent in the world. Um, I work with several nonprofits from the Carter's House um, who has homeless, um, they have home, homeless philanthropy efforts, um, reading initiatives. I can't even name all the reading. I just say, I'll just say reading initiatives will okay. build three <laughs> corners um, in independent school districts. And then there are so many nonprofits that are just, you know, up and coming um, from domestic violence. Um, that's one that's really huge. If people want to, um, getting in the nonprofit industry, they should consider uh, domestic violence. Mm. Um, it is one of the causes there. There's a lot of funding um, there for that, especially with teenage. Um, I also know initiatives for human trafficking, which is another one. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it's kind of being in a nonprofit industry, you you want to you want to give of course you have that that passion um and it's but you always understand that that's a cause um as to why people want to do a nonprofit so for me it's just enlightening because of all the causes and that means if it's a cause there's the issue right and, you know to have domestic violence and homelessness um and human trafficking especially teenagers 
um, to see those nonprofits popping up um, in the industries. You just know that, oh, my God, we still have a lot of work to do. We try to fix one and then more um, uh, causes or whatever are created. I was just going to ask if there was a surgence in domestic violence, because um, it seems like there's a surgence in violence in general in the world. Of course, now, like you said, we're seeing more human trafficking going on, or at least human trafficking in the limelight that it's being spoken of, because clearly this was going on prior to our awareness of it. But that's the sector I came from was domestic violence. So um, to hear that there are more and more popping up, and especially for teenagers, is so disturbing to me. Um, but I guess if they're seeing that at home or they're hearing that at home or they're witnessing or that the or in the music, yes, uh, unfortunately, um, I know in my era, um, we always used to try and convince our parents that we're just listening to the beat, mom. We're just listening to the beat. And my mom was like, Mm-mm, we ain't just listening to nothing, not on any of it. So um, that's a real uh, travesty to hear that. Um, uh, the domestic violence arena is still um, in need of more nonprofits and the growing numbers of funding is out there for it. Because um, like you say, there's, it's, it's a problem. It is. And now they just need more shelters. Um, mm. You know, more. It, the, good, the great thing is more women um, are getting stronger and leaping. Mm-hmm. However, they don't have any go. Yes. Yes. And uh, as a, a, a friend of mine used to say, she was um, executive director of one of the um, nonprofits there in Dallas that dealt with women that went through domestic violence and all. She used to say, you know, you can pray, but please pack and pray. And then it presents the problem of, well, where do you go? So you would need the shelter to help because all too often, unfortunately, and this was my situation, um, very transparently in the beginning of um, um, me living in Dallas was I had no other place to go. So I went to my sister's in Dallas after coming out in an abusive marriage. And, you know, thank God for that, because otherwise, I mean, I had my parents to go back to, but I didn't want to stay in the state I was coming out of, but, um, you know, not so many people are so fortunate to have family to go to. And, um, so it's a a real unfortunate problem. And then I'm lucky because I didn't have kids. So that's a whole nother dynamic into that. Um, but it's very unfortunate, but as you see, um, Miss Tierney has a long, long list of clientele that uh, she probably could go on for probably another 20 minutes of talking about who the type of uh, industry she's working in and the type of client she's working with. So she's going to be a great plethora of information as we continue to dive into the topic of is nonprofit the right choice for your business structure? Um, And so you're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back after a short break. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. All righty, and we are back talking with Ms. Tierney Johnson out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, today's topic on Business in Black is, is a nonprofit the right choice for your business structure? Um, and we just got to, little, uh, to know a little bit about her in the first uh, little time we've spent together here, all the different um, sectors of nonprofit that she's reaching Um, as well as um, helping you to decide, that's the point of the show, should you really become a nonprofit or should you maybe partner? Because I know when I was doing nonprofit consulting, 
which I still get time to time asked, um, um, but I don't concentrate so heavily into it. So you're the expert, you're the guru. Um, and people ask all the time, should I start a nonprofit? I would always tell them, what is your, you know, ask them, what is their cause? Let's go through the what, where, why, when, and hows. Because if you can, and we just mentioned this off air, if you can partner with an organization that's already doing what it is that you want to do, that might be your best option. Is that the advice that you give people or do you tell them something different? Yeah, I still start off with the, uh, what's your mission? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the purpose? Um, because at the end of the day, even though, you know, with nonprofits, you still have to fill that application out. And the IRS wants to know what your what is your mission. Yes. You know? And if you can't convey that to you as a consultant, then the exactly. IRS is going to be like, eh, nope. <laughs> exactly. Or um, if you have, if that mission is something that five other hundred people have already applied for, then you just go on the number. And we don't know when you would get you know, your status or um, even approved. So, and then you have to consider the tragi- tragedies that's going on um, in the in the United States. So, mm-hmm. you know, those trump um, just the standard purpose of, okay, I want to tackle homelessness. So my question, I, I my questionnaire hasn't changed, is what is your mission? Who's going to help you? And how are you going to... Um, uh, and how are you going to secure funding? Um, are you just doing this for volunteerism? Because there are, you can have a nonprofit just to volunteer um, for volunteerism where you're not raising, um, you know, um, more than $50,000, you know, over a certain period of time, um, which that determines what track of the, um, of the form that we will complete, that we will file on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So, that's the first thing that you really have to ask yourself is what is the mission and what resources do you already have available to yourself um, before saying, I want to get, I want to start a business. I want to start this. I know that these days they say you take that leap of faith um, and, and that's fine, but you, you know, you just also don't forget the work part you know, in taking a leap um, in faith. You have to understand that a nonprofit is a business. Yes. Uh, as, um, As it was explained earlier, it's just the difference in your tax um, structure, you know, of your business, but you still have to have the same business structure as if you were a for-profit. You still have to have the bank accounts. You still have to have meetings, um, yeah. uh, hold meetings. Actually, you're required to hold meetings um, and have them. It's more requirements to hold meetings um, when you are a nonprofit um, than it is a for-profit because mm-hmm. those meetings have to be documented. <laughs> um, yes. If you ever have an um ever be subject to an audit mm-hmm. so, which happens by the way people don't think that they don't happen absolutely you still you don't get away from the financial statements um you don't get away from having to be required to have audited financials and internal audits and internal controls 
that doesn't go anywhere um, just because you are a not-for-profit. So the people, I love it now that in the United States, even though we have so much hatred, hatred, um, you know, with the um, hate crimes, whatever that's happening, we do have so many people who actually have a passion for something and want to give and want to help. And that right. goes into why nonprofits are created. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing um, where one person um, can say, hey, I want this, I want to tackle this cause, and a million dollars is raised overnight. So you're thinking to yourself, you're looking at the math. Don't get me wrong. Okay, if a million dollars can be raised overnight, I can make money and then I can still serve. Right. I can I can help, but I can cut myself a check, which you absolutely can because you can have an operational budget, an administrative budget. So you're looking at that too, isn't it? You're looking at, you know, you're looking at that and how much money, um, is being raised. So for me, I will always say, know your mission and look around you and see the resources. And I always suggest that any person who wants to start a nonprofit, go volunteer in that cause. Yes. I, I don't think there's a brand new cause. <laughs> I don't I don't think now that there's a brand a brand new cause. So you know if you want to promote diabetes. There's several diabetes organizations now. Go and volunteer and, and try to learn um, that cause and then think to yourself, okay, I see that the American Diabetes Association is doing this or I see that the Diabetes Foundation or the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation is, I mean, already has everything. Let me, let me see if I can create, just add another spoke to the cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important because oftentimes what I found um, with people was that, you know, like yourself, there was someone close to you that was impacted by uh, a disease. And so um, something was birthed out of that. So oftentimes it's something that's a pain point for ourselves that we decide to birth something out of that, which there's not a problem with that. But like you say, is there some place that you can go and sow time into and it be twofold? Not only can you sow time into them and help them in their endeavors, but you can learn from their endeavors and learn about the ins and outs of, of, of a nonprofit to break down any speculations you may have. Because I think a lot of people have these misconceptions of what they think nonprofits are. And like you said, they are businesses at the end of the day. It is a business. So if you don't understand the mechanics of how to in a business, you're not going to understand the mechanics of how to in a nonprofit because they're one and the same. The only variance is the allocations of the funds at the end of the year. So, and that you have um, more than likely a particular viewpoint that you're advocating for. So um, the other point I wanted to, to mention when I heard you talking about from a national perspective, we're in the age of international nonprofits. There are quite a few grants out there that will not touch domestic um, funding. They're only exclusively for international funding and helping disadvantaged countries, I think is the term that they're using now. Yeah. 
Um, they're helping disadvantaged countries and helping them thrive. So that's an opportunity as well. I know in business period, less than uh, 5% of American businesses are actually doing business globally. So where yeah. you may feel like that, the like you said, um, is the nonprofit sector, sector in America saturated with domestic violence? Let's take, for example nonprofits here, well, there might be opportunity for you to do something overseas and help a whole different community of people and it not be based. It it could be based here, but the concentration of work could be in another area or another region. So that's something to really think about because the world has become very small, right? We're on a global scale of everything. We were just talking in another uh, conversation um, about how I can order something off of a a, um, internet um, marketplace and not even know it's coming from another country until it gets here. And it's got all the, you know, the postage from a different country. We, we, we don't know these days. So the world is super duper duper small. So um, another point I want to bring out that you mentioned was where are you going to get your money from? It's the same. I think people think like nonprofits are magical unicorns. And just because you have a 501c3 status means money is just going to fall out of the sky. And that's not the case. It's not. You have to be, I don't want to say you have to have the connections, meaning like, you, because I did mention earlier, we working with celebrities, you have to have the celebrity um, support. No, but you do have to know that's why, that's why I always say volunteer. Mm-hmm. Volunteer because you'll learn those resources and how do I get money? Um, a lot of people now ask you for nonprofit. Are you going to um, seek grants? There are a lot of grants out of here, uh, here and they're easier now. Um, don't want to take away because we do grant writing, but to be honest, there, there are grants that you can just go ahead and online and apply. Yes. You know, apply for, um, you know, with um, the several companies, uh, pretty much a lot of the major companies mm-hmm. you can just go apply for it, um, or receive those in-kind donations. So, again, everyone knows that even when uh, creating a nonprofit, you have to have a business plan. Yes. That's required you know, by the IRS. That is definitely required. Um, and do they still you ask you what type of um, experience you have in running a business and all of that? Yes, that's yeah. a, that you are required to have resumes mm-hmm. for your board members. Mm-hmm. That's a key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk to board members a little later, but you, you have to, though, that's one of the main um, resources is the people that will be working. I'm okay with having, you know, my family members and my homegirls or whatever uh, supporting me. But ask yourself, are they, can they run a business? Right. And what, what resources would they bring to you from marketing to um, the community development piece to um, the accounting piece? Um, Just always make sure that your board members um, the people that you choose to that you submit and say these are the people that sit on my board or the IRS are people that um, are resourceful because you're going to need it. Um, you definitely would have to, and then they also ask you, how, 
basically how are you your financial you have to have a projected five year financial um plan mm-hmm. you know um how are you going to um raise funds you don't have to give everything but at least you expect for your uh nonprofit to grow this amount in this year and over the over the next three to five years Right. Because oftentimes people will just say, well, I had my aunt who unfortunately passed from lupus or breast cancer and I want to do something for her. Um, And so that's why I want to start a nonprofit. But it's like if you don't have the money coming in to do the work, then you don't have a business. It's no different. You don't have a business model. You don't have anything substantial that will sustain itself for some time. Yeah, and, then, and and even like that, if you do, you know, you have someone um, who has a nonprofit or you know of a nonprofit because, like you said, you had someone who passed away. There are so many nonprofits out there that need uh, your help. Yes. They need that helping hand. They're already there. They have raised money. Mm-hmm. Um, not gonna ever tell anyone not to start their own business because if someone would have told me not to start the ELO group, I would. I, well, they did tell me not to start the ELO group, and I looked at them like they were crazy. <laughs> you know, but I, I would never tell you not to. But I'm always gonna encourage you. You know, if you do, if I do see that, hey, you may not need to start one now just because you don't have the resources and it's going to mm-hmm. be a struggle. Mm-hmm. And again, you have, you have a whole nonprofit for like volunteers of America who just look for volunteers. Yes. Um, and then they assign you to different nonprofits, you know, different efforts within your, um, within your community. Um, well, some, what are some so, of the reasons that they will fail? So what are some reasons that nonprofits start to fail? So I found an article here on Valcourt.com, seven reasons why nonprofits flounder or fail. And um, one of them are competitive blinders. Like you're, you're just talking about, there's too many of the same type of nonprofit out there and you're just adding another one. You don't have a differentiation marker. You don't have a celebrity name tied to it. So you're just another minnow in the vast sea. Exactly. I mean, how many, again, we, we, we're, since diabetes going out, just always talk about diabetes. There are so many diabetes initiatives. You, of course, you know your main one is the Diabetes Association, um, the Diabetes uh, Juvenile Diabetes Association. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the American Diabetes Association still supports Juvenile Diabetes Association, even though the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is huge. Um, then you have like the Diabetes Health and Wellness Institute, and then the Diabetes Initiative, you know, of Texas. So. Mm-hmm. Just with those, you know, um, those four alone, there you're all competing for the same dollars. Would I wouldn't say with juvenile because that's just dealing mostly with kids, but you're you're competing. Um, your branding and and I'm gonna be honest, it's all in your branding. Yes. Um, if you don't get that message out there, then people are not going to know. Um, what you stand for 
you're just going to say, oh, okay, she's just another closed closet. Okay, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. When you have an event, you, you the pictures, the social media, um, the, it has to be there. You you can't just say, okay, I want to do a sponsorship package and give me $20,000. Where is my money going to? Mm-hmm. You want to know for every dollar or the hundred dollars that you donate a child get X amount of dollars or a glucometer, um, you know, is donated for free, um, to a student. So you, you can't, you will fail. Um, and again, you, and they fail because like I said, you have the board members and they're your friends and you're, you're not running it like a business. You're running it like, some girls out on girls trip and they're just going to volunteer. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break uh, as we talk more about how to build, um, excuse me, as we talk more on uh, choosing the right type of structure for your business. Is nonprofit the right type of structure for your business? And you're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back uh, for the second half of the show. We're sitting here talking with uh, Miss Tyranny Johnson uh, from the ELO Group uh, out of Dallas, Texas, Texas. Excuse me. And we're talking about is nonprofit the right choice for your business structure? Um, TJ, before we get too far off, uh, tell us how to get in contact with you if we need consultation, grant writing, PR. She does it all, people. She's a full boutique agency that can help you in any facet of your nonprofit, whether you need to just figure out if this is the right structure or you need to delve further in and figure out how to market and brand yourself. How can we get a hold of you? Um, you can, the ELO group, LLC.com. Actually, the site will be up. Um, oh, yeah, on Wednesday. But um, info, I-N-F-O at D-T-H-E, ELO group, uh, dot com. Um, I'm also on social media, uh, Instagram, ELO Group LLC, um, Twitter, the same handle, and Instagram, the ELO Group LLC. Okay, and ELO is E L O Group, G R O U P L L C dot com. So um, if you have any questions, um, shoot her one, and she would be more than happy to um, schedule some consultation time with you and talk with you more about your initiative, what it is that you're looking to do, and how she can help you grow and prosper that. Um, but we left off uh, the last half hour uh, talking about some of the reasons why businesses, um, nonprofit businesses, will fail. Uh, and we mentioned the competitive blinders where we don't understand that there's so much saturation in certain markets. So it's really important for you to differentiate, differentiate your business um, one from the next because where there's, and we talked about juvenile diabetes versus adult diabetes, and even for uh, breast cancer, there's a lot of different organizations out there for breast cancer. Um, and so you don't want to just become another number because some of those are behemoths. They are huge, um, organizations that it's just darn near impossible to break into, um, that sector that they have had for a long time. Um, and so it might be better to partner with them 
And it might be better to have a different strategic um, uh, entry point to that particular mission if that's what you you want. Um, but one of them is uh, another, I was reading off of valcourt.com, another reason um, that people fail, nonprofits flounder or fail, is the article, is um, being a lone ranger where you don't have, and I think you mentioned this, you don't really have any relationships with anyone that can help you really build this together. And we left off the last half hour talking about, you know, you got to do better than your girlfriends helping you with this. You got to get some muscle behind it, whether it's influential people in the community Oh, influential people in prominent businesses, that sort of, um, those sort of people are the type of people you really need behind you. Is that correct? Yes. You, you need to, it's just like you have an interview, you have a job, you have to have someone who has a skill set, um, you know, for your nonprofit. You, uh, you always want to have that support system. I think everyone does in business when you're starting a business, you want someone that you know and that's close to you to have your back. And that's great. But in building your board, those people that sit on your board have to be um, resourceful and bring something to the table, whether it's raising money. There, I don't, I don't recommend any board member, um, that, I mean, recommending any nonprofit that doesn't have a board member that cannot either bring resources. Um, that's, that's number one. And then also adding, you know, marketing, accounting, um, someone who you can, that would not mishandle the funds, that you can definitely trust um, to do that part. Mm -hmm. Um, The accounting piece is very important. And then also, you know, who's going to get your volunteers with the community engagement? If you're that person, that's great. You know, if you really like, well, I'm going to spend my time because I know people, you know, that will support. But how will they support? What type of support will you need? Um, is it a financial? Is it um, volunteerism? Um, is it attending the event or what have you? So just definitely write it down. Your structure of a nonprofit can be just like a for-profit. Look at some business models and mm-hmm. say, okay, how can I incorporate this? And there's some free business models out there now. So you look at those and say, okay, this is how I want to structure my nonprofit. Because, again, they are one and the same. It's still a business. It's just a tax structure. Right. Um, And so now, you know, consider having, um, consider partnerships. Partnerships are very key in having a successful nonprofit. Um, if, If you... If you do have, you know, a relationship with the larger nonprofit like the Diabetes Association, you don't consider yourself as a competitor because you're not. Mm-hmm. You don't compete. You're not a competitor. Um, what you are, uh, you are a support. Other these larger nonprofits are looking for smaller nonprofits, um, you know, for their support. Mm-hmm. Um, I have grants, you know, for that. So again, speak with that that larger nonprofit, that more stable one that um, you know, is already branded, and ask them exactly what do they need. You know, ask them what what do you need. You know, and 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 you will be surprised from the American Cancer 
um, the American Cancer Society. They're always looking for organizations um, to partnership with to, for in the community because you're there, you're down, you're you're like the grassroots, right? You know, they're national, international, so you're that grassroots. So you you always you know just ask. Don't be intimidated because there's so many large nonprofits like Susan G. Coleman, the uh, Breast Cancer Foundation, that you don't try to set up a meeting with someone or ambassador or representative. Um, just ask, how can we assist you um, in the efforts? Because that is another way to, um, that's another resource for you. Right. Um, and uh, another reason why nonprofits would fail would be, um, um, you may not be the best person to lead the nonprofit. This is something that a lot of people don't recognize. Just because it's your pain point doesn't mean that you're the best person to be the, the, the face and the voice for your own nonprofit. Now, that sounds crazy, but you have to think of like uh, Steve Jobs, for example, when he was taken out of his CEO position or the, the two guys that started Twitter and they put a CEO over him. Or even I think that happened to Mark Zuckerberg for a moment where he um, gave up the rights of being the outspoken voice for um, his own organization. So sometimes you might not be the best person to carry that message out. Maybe it's you don't present well or whatever the case is, but understanding that and knowing that and allowing someone else to take the helm of it from that standpoint would be most advantageous for you, I, I would think. Yes, I completely agree. I mean, I can give you that example for me. I created Bottom Against Diabetes. Um, again, so that's a celebrity basketball game, um, and it supports diabetes and support children um, with, you know, students. I want to just say children, say students um, with diabetes. Well, you have someone like a little Boosie, um, like I said, who's a rapper, and it's a he's the best person, you know, right now in this era to carry out to help carry out that mission. Yes, I'm the brainchild of it, but don't there I'm not the face, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, he's my he's my partner. He's the best person to carry out. First of all, he's born on World Diabetes Day. That's his birthday. He shared the birthday with that. So he has diabetes himself. He's out there. He has four million followers. Why not, you know, try to get that that person in partnership um with you now and then you know i'm i'm that person i'm doing the talk and i'm in the meetings or what have you but you you have to be able to step back and say you know what i love diabetes as um the news um specify i've been in diabetes forever but i needed to carry out a mission and i needed some help so why not go reach out to other people and not even just little boosty other people that are in the diabetes community who can actually be the face, you know, um, be that talker while I try to, you know, get things done. Right. Uh, you, a lot of times when you're running a business, you're so passionate. You're so passionate. And with that passion, you really don't know how to turn that passion into profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Say that again. You no. don't know how to turn the passion into profit. No. <laughs> and you just want, to, you just want to help. And so what you're wanting to do is I just want to help. I just want to help kids. I just want to help kids in the community. And I, 
And I just, you know, this this is what I do. Well, you have to have that person who can know, okay, while you're helping the kids in the community, I can help, you know, this business grow. So, you know, and their documentation's in place where, okay, you won't lose to being the founder and CEO. Mm-hmm. But again, you're looking for someone who can really help you carry out that mission. Yes. So if I'm looking to, um, so we talked about some of the ways that it could fail, right? So let's get off the negative and let's talk more about the positive stuff. So I come to you, I have a great idea, a pain point that's hit near and dear to my heart. What are the steps that you're going to take with me? I come to, I, I go to info at the ELO group, LLC.com. And I say, hi, Miss Tyranny. I heard you on business in black. And, you know, I have this undying need to help xyz and advocate for them um what do i do uh next what are the steps that i should do next well uh, first we welcome everyone and we really don't turn you down um we won't never turn any you know one down as far as like you know of a nonprofit. um but we you feel you complete a questionnaire mm-hmm. and that questionnaire is just one pager and um, that is required because we need to know, again, what is your mission? Um, what resources do you already have? We don't, we're not asking them for your contacts. We just want to know, do you have more than three resources? Mm-hmm. And then what's your time frame in mm-hmm. um, trying to carry out uh, this mission? And um, the question is very simple. And then what I'll do is schedule uh, 30 minutes uh, with you just to discuss your vision this and then um from there we have different tracks if you just needing um someone to create your mission and bylaws you know your statement and we are uh, we, we will hold your hand um the whole way in the entire through the entire process of um, forming that nonprofit. but it, it also starts with that questionnaire and then whatever and you just have to just really trust us because we you know we are the consultants and i will send you on a mission you know on your own mission you want to carry out um this plan okay um here's the organization that i think that you you know may need to talk to and you may come to me and say i've done all that and if you've done all that then hey we're ready to go um and but again you're going to have to complete that questionnaire because that questionnaire is going to get you to thinking Mm-hmm. before creating, um, you know, your nonprofit. Um, the nonprofit industry is a great industry to be, uh, to be a part of. Um, it is, it, it can afford you to be the entrepreneur that you're seeking and as well as also carrying out um, causes and saving the world. So, you know, but we're going to, we just gave you the ins and outs, you know, of it. Um, why choose a nonprofit world because you have a heart and right. that's absolutely great. We just want to make sure that, um, you know, you do understand, you know, what it is because there are a lot of people out here that have a heart, um, and just want to do the work. And there are a lot of opportunities available, you know, for you just to do the work. So I would be happy. I welcome you, um, to contact us. We actually are open for um, other clients. And then throughout the year, it's getting closer to the end of the year um, from October to 
of February is when I am open for taking on new clients. Okay, everybody, you heard it. Uh, the ELO group uh, is open to client, new client proposals um, to work with them to help you push forward your ideas, your pain point, um, and just bounce off to see if if the right structure for your business is a nonprofit organization. And I love the accountability measure um, that they will give you to help you shape and define. And if you're not finding someone, a consultant who's doing that for you, that means they're just after your money. Let's be very honest. She's doing this for a reason because she wants to see you thrive and become successful for it, not just to make you jump through a whole lot of hoops. So trust me, she's been doing this for a long time. And, and I would um, love to take your $10,000 in consulting. Right. I don't, I don't do that. If it's 10000 it's something that is a huge project. So um, these days, the of course, it's everything's about money. Yes. So be careful when you are receiving or getting a lot of these consultants. Mm. And, and I, I don't want you to, you know, take pay ten. You, there's no reason for you to pay ten thousand dollars upfront for a brand new nonprofit. At all, at all. And we're going to take a quick break and we, we have a last little segment left with her. So um, I hope you're getting a lot out of this conversation. I know I certainly am. And uh, you're listening to Business in Black. We're talking today about uh, is nonprofit the right choice for your business structure with Miss Tyranny Johnson of the ELO Group. Check her out online, www.theelogroupllc.com is coming. And uh, you're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back for the last segment. This won't be the last time we ever talk to Ms. Tierney Johnson of the ELO Group in Dallas, Texas, but this is the last segment for our show today. Uh, We've been talking about how to uh, determine if nonprofit is the right choice for your business structure. She's given some really great information. Um, And so this last little bit, as we wrap up, I wanted to talk with you a little bit of time because we talked about board members and who should not be on your board, but um, board member, and it's not because you don't love your friends, but you want people who are, you want what's called a working board. Um, I know I did a consultation for a company in um, South Florida and none of their board members were raising money. And I'm looking at them like, what's the point of them sitting on your board then? They're not influential in the community. They don't have a slew of contacts. So why do you have Mm -hmm. these people holding space for someone who could be making your organization more visible or give more money or have the ability to get more money from their network for your, um, for your organization. So what are the, the do's and don'ts of choosing board members? Yeah, with the board members, it, first, it starts with you and writing down exactly your immediate need. Um, if you know that your uh, mission is going to require lots of volunteers and you need someone who can help you recruit. Um, if you know off the bat, your, found, your um, 
your organization is going to need that funding, then you need someone who can help you with the fundraising. So it starts with you. Get four good board members. I always say have an odd number because you, as the, whatever the president, doesn't have a vote. Um, but you have an odd number of board members and write down um, exactly what you're needing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also coming to our consultation. Um, we'll let you know what you need, mm-hmm. you know, and get your wheels turning and thinking of, okay, I know someone who's great in the community yes. um, and to be that face, you know, just having someone with a name on the community, in me, in the community, I'm not saying it has to be the celebrity, but with the name and respect to sit on that board can also help you, um, you know, it's to strengthen your board. Also, I, we do a board training. Our board training is anywhere from six to eight hours mm-hmm. day because you're going through board boot camp, um, understanding a nonprofit. Again, I always say from A to Z. And then when you walk out from our training, you know what your mission is. You know what you're going to go out and do. Um, you will have an assignment. Um, so that, those are always my dues and my don't, you know, we've always talked about having, you know, um, just keep your relationships, you know, your friendships, your friendships, um, try to separate that from your business. That could be great volunteers, but you're on a mission. You're building a business. So you have to have other people who are business minded, right. um, you know, to be on your board. And then also one of the biggest things is you have to have board meetings. You, you there's that's that's a part of being a nonprofit and then having that designation. Board meetings and board meetings um, are recorded, and you um, definitely have to set a standard for your board. Whether if your board is going to be, um, if your board member, if you look for a board member, then they need to know their expectation and sign an agreement. Yes, yes. A board agreement. I agree to bring in at least X amount of dollars, whether it's 500 or 10, oh my goodness, oh, whether it's $500 um, in or $5,000, this is what I agree, you know, to do. Mm-hmm. I agree to attend at least three thirds of the board meet, you know, the board meetings, whether yes. it's person or virtual. Um that's what we are considered a working board. But again, it starts with you and what you need. And I will be happy to carry, help you carry out that mission. Well, and boards should also be active in the activities that you plan. Um, how many times will um, nonprofit organizations throw an activity and there are no board members present for that activity? So you can, in order to have a working board, you have to give, like uh, Ms. Tyranny said, you have to give them a, a sheet of expectations, a list of expectations and present that to them. And don't be afraid to say thank you, but no thank you if they can't adhere to what your rules are, because it's a make or break. Either they're going in, all in with you or they're not. They can't be half-hearted on it. You want people on your board who are your mavens, who are just as passionate about the cause as you are, and not just trying to look good for themselves to be able to tell other people in their circle, oh, well, I'm on the board of. You want those mm-hmm. people who are going to roll sleeves up and really delve into and tackle the issues on the ground with you. So everybody's and that's, why, and that's right. why it's so important to go 
to the other organizations and look to, you know, meet volunteers. You meet other volunteers. You right. would be surprised that those some of those people you don't even know that they don't necessarily want to start a nonprofit, but they want to help in the cause yep. and feeling like, hey, right now I'm on ground root in the grassroots uh, spectrum of this organization. So let me, you know, those are, they don't, you don't even know them, but yeah. you see their work. You've actually seen their work. So that's, you know, and you can invite them to be a part of your board. Yes. And I think that's um, so pivotal. You have to get out and you have to network. And you have to do the work because if you don't network, you won't know the people who are like you, like you say, rubbing elbows with people who, who don't want the responsibility of their own nonprofit, but they want to, to dig in even more and wouldn't mind sitting on your board. But then also you have to get those people who are willing to be the lay workers for your organization. So um, um, real quick, we'll talk a little bit about the different types of um, Nonprofit organizations. I know we talked a little about it in one of the breaks of um, there's now a fiscal sponsorship that you can have outside of just that. So there's the regular vein of becoming a nonprofit. Then there's a fiscal sponsorship vein of becoming a nonprofit. Then there's just you not even being a quote nonprofit, but coming in and, and, and volunteering your time. So there's all different touch points on how you can be involved with a nonprofit without having to invest too much money, um, which I think is important yeah. for people to understand in the beginning. So you may want to convert it in the end, but right now, um, I think one of the best ways you mentioned, Tierney, is um, being a fiscal sponsor. Explain to us a little bit about that. Right. So what a fiscal sponsor is, is uh, someone who already has that designation for a nonprofit, I mean, for the 501c3. And they are your support system while you're creating um, your nonprofit and designing your mission. Um, you pretty much have an agreement and you go under their um, 501c3. And then what they do is they help you raise, I mean, it just depends on what you're needing it for. They help you to raise the funds. Um, they support you if you have any grants. So if you have grants, um, the grants go in their name. However, you um, you still the brand is still yours. The agreements um, was just with them, and they get a percentage of what is brought in. Mm -hmm. um, it is again, it's a business. So um, if you don't want to, you know, be responsible on your own right now for a nonprofit, consider a fiscal sponsor. Um, just consider the right fiscal sponsor as any other. Uh, support system for you. Um, they help you. You can raise funds. It's just you're utilizing their 501c3 uh, designation and, you know, for a percentage, um, you know, and for a small percentage, nothing, nothing to exceed 20% um, while you are trying to create um, your own a nonprofit, or if you just say, Hey, I want to help. I don't want a nonprofit, but I want to raise money and I want to raise money in my name. I don't want the designation. A fiscal sponsor would be your best option. And that sounds very doable for a lot of people um, outside of because it, it's 750 just to file for your nonprofit status. It's a lot of paperwork involved. 
850. Now. Oh, it's 850 now. See, this was years ago when I did it. So it's 850 mm-hmm. just to apply for your nonprofit status. Um, and now, you know, you can do it for a fraction of the cost, get your feet a little wet, see if it's something that you really want to do, um, build it up, do some networking, do some touch points, and then move from there. They so have I- two options. So it's $400 user fee. Um, If you know that you're not going to raise $50,000 over the next 50, I mean, uh, next four years, Mm -hmm. Um, or if your gross is not going to exceed, and I want to say the next four years, if your gross is not going to exceed $50,000, and that's more for like, that's a volunteerism uh, track. Um, you having your designation for um, a different, you know, different reason, um, more so in kind. So that's $400, and that usually takes anywhere from 30 to 45 days for turnaround. Um, the long form is a 26-pager, and that's the one that's 850 And if you know that you're going to be seeking grants, 50000 or more, $20,000 grants, and you know that you have the capability of raising those funds, then the investment would be to do the 850 and do the long form. Um, and, and definitely we can talk about that later, but there are two different tracks that the IRS has um, created for nonprofit. And see, I remember that 26 pager that it's a beast. And so it would be, if you've never done it before, um, it would be best to have someone help you who you can trust. Again, like, you know, Tyranny said, you know, she has no problem taking your money, but at the end of the day, she wants to make sure you get what it is that you need to make sure you make the best impact in the community um, because this is what she's been doing for some time. Um, so there a lot of good options for you to take away from this show, a lot of good points for you to understand better what the point of a nonprofit is, um, which is about you advocating a social cause or a particular viewpoint that you have, um, whether it's a pain point for you or for someone close to you, um, or a, a cause that's close to you um, and for you to be able to help others in the community um, by raising funds and dispersing those funds through however, whatever measurement you come up with. Um, so is it the best option for you? Hopefully after listening to this show, you've gathered some new information that you had no idea about Um Miss Tyranny is available for consultation now, like you, you heard her um, in the last segment. She is open for uh, consultation and proposals to work with new organizations, new potential organizations. So if you go over to info at the ELO group, LLC. Dot com, um, then she can uh, answer some questions, set up a time to get the questionnaire over to you, to get a consultation scheduled with you, to figure out what's the best choice for you and your business structure. So I just want to thank her for coming on today. Um, and hopefully, um, I, not hopefully, I know you got some great meat to take away from this conversation because I surely did. Um, it's a new day. It's a new era. And we all need a little bit of help. And hopefully your cause can help others continue to help others. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to Business in Black. We're a weekly podcast where we help you understand understand everything you need to know about starting, growing, and building a better business. I'm Danita Harris, your host, coming out of the lovely Brooklyn, New York. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll um, see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. 
You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris.